0: to the season four premiere of that one show i have one of my favorite guests on with me today he's i think this is about the fourth episode you've been on uh jason potter and today since tyler Childers has a new album coming out very soon we thought well what better time to talk about all the albums that have led us up to this point so what jason and i are going to do is rank all six of his albums six through one collectively and by doing that we will take turns. Jason will begin in a minute by picking number six, me number five, him four, so forth and so on until we get to number one. Now, the five studio albums are eligible, and we are including the live on Red Bar one and two for a couple of reasons. Number one, because there's songs on there that's not available on any of his other studio albums. And number two, that would give us an even number of albums so we can do it uh, and each of us pick three albums. Before we get into that, let me introduce to you all the man himself, Jason Potter. How are you today, my friend?
1: I'm good, ma'am. I'm ready to talk about some Timmy Tyler.
0: Yes. So we've kind of floated this idea around for almost a year now, so I'm finally glad we're going to do it. And uh, But let's talk real briefly about just, you know, in general, Tyler Childers. To me, and me and you both are are guilty of, you know, calling probably a dozen artists goats. But if you're talking about like the two best and most important artists of the type of music that you and I enjoy over the last decade, it's Sturgill and Tyler.
1: Yeah, I I agree with that 100. Um, and really with Sturgill kind of taking a back seat to me, like yes. Tyler is the, clearly the best in the game. I mean,
0: uh, here's the, here's the crazy thing. So, <laughs> the biggest arena in Kentucky, which is my home state and Tyler's, is Rupp Arena where the Kentucky men's basketball team plays, holds roughly right around for a concert, 19,000 people. He's got a December 30th and December 31st concerts, back-to-back nights lined up, uh, you know, here in a few months. Both sold out in five minutes. So he basically sold almost 40,000 tickets in five minutes. And uh, he's doing that without getting any kind of industry push, you know, radio play on quote-unquote you know fm mainstream country radio stations it's been pretty much organic and i was fortunate enough to get to see him around here a couple times in smaller venues uh and i'm so glad and that's why i always advocate hey if there's somebody that you like that's just you know coming out with maybe their first or second album when you can see them in a venue that holds two or three hundred people you better go Because just a couple of years from now, they may be playing in a, you know, a room that's got 15,000 in it.
1: Oh, man. And with Tyler, it's been just so cool watching it. Because, you know, like you said, he might not get a lot of the radio play and like the mainstream appeal. But for some reason, some things that he may do, because he kind of does what he wants. Like people, like people of influence will comment on it. And so he's getting a media push just by being himself, really, you know? Absolutely. I think that that's I think that's kind of genius I mean really um and then as far as the small room thing I'll never forget I saw him for the first time it was after purgatory he uh he booked a small place here in Jackson Mississippi and I talked two of my buddies into going with me and whenever we got there in line nobody in line was from Jackson Mississippi all these guys had like driven from Kentucky and, and Virginia. Cause it was like the only show that wasn't sold out on that run. And I, I have one buddy that actually got about five songs in the Tyler set and just said, you know, this isn't for me. I'm a, I'm gonna head to the house. And wow. so, yeah. And so, and now he'll talk to me about Tyler and I just, I rag him endlessly. Cause I'm just like, dude, you, you, you can never talk about Tyler Childers. You left halfway through a show with 300 people there, you know, <laughs>
0: Right. I'll tell one quick story about Tyler, and then we'll get into the rankings. So you and I both love vinyl records. And one of my favorite things is going to a record store and just digging through and seeing what I can find. But also going there, like when a new record that I've been anticipating is coming out and buying it. Uh, My favorite independent record store is called Pops in Lexington, Kentucky. And I remember when uh, Country Squire came out, I, uh, I went on the day it came out. And I was talking to the owner, obviously buying my copy, and he told me a story that right before Tyler released Purgatory, about like a month, he brought him in f- for just an acoustic show there, and three people were there, and one of them was Tyler's wife, and he couldn't even he didn't even pay Tyler, so he, all he did was buy him like a you know a Big Mac after it was over, and then That's you crazy. know a few, few years later here we are. But let's get right into the reason why we're here, brother. Uh, I'm gonna let you start off with number six.
1: All right. So we're going to do it this way. I'm going to go um, long, violent history in the sixth spot. And uh-huh. I, I'll do it for, I mean, there's several, there's a couple different reasons. Obviously uh, one thing I like about Tyler's work so much, especially as he's aged, is his lyrical progression, which we'll get into a little bit, I'm sure uh-huh. as we uh-huh. go through these. Um, I, And the, really the main thing is long, violent history you know, it has a it has a protest song on it. It was kind of influenced by social movements that were going on at the time. <clears throat> and it's kind of influenced by the Battle of Blair Mountain, which a lot of people may not even know about. You know, it's like uh-huh. the largest labor labor uprising in American history. It's crazy story. Just look that up. But more than anything, honestly, it's, it's a mood listen. It's not a Tyler record that I'm going to listen to like on a daily basis. If I'm standing around a campfire with a... Glass of 130 proof rye whiskey. Oh, all day I'll put on some long violent history, but it's not like what I'm reaching for on a Monday morning on the way to work, you know.
0: Yeah, I I agree. This is actually my one I had at my personal number six, and for every reason you just mentioned, I mean, but I remember when he surprised dropped it on you know digital only, and I yeah. like everybody else was excited. I listened to it and I realized probably 10 minutes in it was going to be an instrumental album, but then those vocals hit. I don't know. And, and I can't describe the first time, you know, I listened to the album when those vocals hit because I wasn't expecting vocals at all. Yeah. And Long Violent History is a, you know, like you said, not necessarily a protest song, but a, a commentary on what was going on at that time. You know, the the Black Lives Matters movement, the lockdowns due to COVID and all the above. But my favorite part of that song is the subtle chords on the intro and outro of my old Kentucky home uh yeah. the state song. I love that, and and I love that's one of the things I love about Tyler. He's he's proud of Kentucky and where he's from, and works to try to make it a better place, you know. And uses his influence that he has gained in the last several years to, to do just that. But I agree with you, man. And this is one that I'm with you. I don't think I've got the vinyl. I've probably listened to it a dozen times, and I've always had some whiskey uh yeah. in my hand when listening to it. It's just it's just one of those deals that pairs good with some good bourbon, man.
1: Now I will say, like one one thing I did that I really respect about the record too is man, he dropped that record at a point in his career where he could have gone a bunch of different directions. You know
0: oh, yeah, yeah, and we'll get into that. I mean <clears throat> he had he could have done anything after Purgatory and its success. Let's just be honest. Yeah. And especially Country Squire. Uh, it took it took some
1: stones to drop a fiddle. It, it took some stones to drop that fiddle record. You know,
0: absolutely, just out of nowhere. And I think they yeah. recorded most of it, like literally down into like a old, uh, you know, uh, hole in in, in yeah. on his property, <laughs> from what he said. <laughs> but I'll get into number five, and this is probably where you and I was going are going to start to differ a little bit. We kind of texted back and forth yesterday of where where we our minds were. And I'll say that from I had a clear one and six, and I went back and forth several times on two, three, four, and five. But I got to put Country Squire at five. And I and let me also say from here on, these are no bad albums, dude. And, and 99% of the artists would kill to have any album that we're going to talk about from this point forward uh, in their catalog. But there are parts of Country Squire that I love. The highs are as high as that he's ever done as far as the quality and song, both musically and lyrically. But it's got a couple of my least favorite Tyler songs, period, on it, dude. And I and that's just why I had to put it at five. And I'll be honest with you, out of the ones we're talking about from this point forward, it's the only one when I put it on if if it's not on vinyl, obviously, if I'm just listening to it, you know, on um, iTunes or whatever that I skip a song on. So that's why I had to put it at five. And if anybody's wondering what songs I'm referring to, uh, all yorn. I just do not like that song, never have. Uh
1: oh, I, man. I don't know
0: why. It may be because everybody around here lost their minds for it and started making bootleg shirts that said all yorns and selling them on the side of the road here in Jackson and a dozen weddings in the year after it came out that I went to that I had to hear that as the first dance and whatnot. And I don't know, man. Uh but like I said, I love the album with the exception of a couple songs. songs uh, and I, and anybody else's, it would probably be like a number one album. Uh, but for me, I just, I, I don't like that song and I, and I don't like uh, bus route and uh, that's about it, all there is to it.
1: What is, what is happening right now, man? Chaos. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Fried Morels and Fine Hotels and all that in the middle. Every bite and curtain drawn, I want to taste with you. I mean, dude, like all you are. I get it like this, like sonically. It doesn't jive with a lot of his other stuff, but gosh, man, like lyrically, it's just so crazy. And I'll say if I had, if I had to place it. That would have probably been number two on my list overall. I just think I got
0: that... you. it could have, it could very well been my number two, but I had to find a reason to rank these, you know, in some sort of order. And I'll say this oh. my, fa- my favorite song on the album is one that a lot of people don't talk about. And it's the album Closer Matthew. I love that song, man. Uh, I, uh, I don't, and but so if I had to pick a favorite on that, I'd go with that. And, you know, obviously, Creaker's great, Peace of Mind's great. Uh, you know the <laughs> title all track, great. Gemini. Gemini. All of them. Uh, it's just <laughs> I just can't, and it may. And I, I'll be honest. At first, I didn't mind all your but I guess I just got oversaturated with it and don't care to hear it anytime soon again.
1: Now, now that makes that makes sense because it was kind of I mean like it was played out. It was probably like the most played out Tyler's song, really, as far as like radio play. If you think about it, you know, like everybody was lighting that song up when it dropped because it has that weird R and B. Old school vibe to it, 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 it ca- catches people's ear. I mean, if there was one track on the album that I I don't hate the song, but I could probably do without Ever Loving Hand,
0: yeah, Dixie and I had talked about that on a previous episode. She despises that song, and I can understand I mean, why it's. I, yeah, I, I, mean, I, I, I don't like it, but I it would have probably you know, it's really juvenile to be honest with you. And it's, and I, I hate to put it this way, but Tyler is such a great lyricist. I think that he's he's above doing a novelty song like that man
1: well my main thing was at the time you know tyler's got this catalog of songs that we all want to hear you just
0: took the words right out of my mouth man i mean jersey giant put that on there instead of that one i don't know i mean (laughs) redneck romeo put that one on there yeah i was just thinking
1: at the time i was like i mean there could have been other options here you know but I mean, but with the exception of that one, I mean, the track list is just all heat to me, man. I love that record. And you know what's odd is the morning that record came out, Mike and the Moonpies um, <clears throat> dropped uh, dropped a record as well, uh, Cheap Silver, Solid yes. Country Gold. Oh yeah. And my friend, my friends here and I, we were like debating, like, man, this is which one's better, you know? And I love both of those records. But man, for my money, what I've listened to over the last, since 2019, I mean, Country Squires burned up my stereo. Like, I love that record. It's it's good. And I know there's a lot of, like, Tyler purists that don't like some of the production choices on it. I've had, like, deep conversations,
0: but... Well, they are some songs that he had performed live several times that totally went in another direction when they actually recorded it and released it on this album.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and I get it if somebody does, like, holds that against the record, but... I wasn't familiar with those at the time, so these are the versions that I grew to love. I got you, you know, yeah, yeah. So, um, all right. So you will roll into into four, and this yes. this might, you know, you might disagree with this, but I got to go bottles and Bibles at number four. If Country Squires <laughs> at number five, uh, and,
0: I and had it right at number four on my list, so we line okay. up on this one. Okay,
1: and and my reasons are like there's glimpses of what's to come. I mean, this record, he put this record out in 2011. He was 19 years old whenever this came out. And the the, the lyrics on it are a lot more literal. It's like actually stories. There's not a lot of use of like metaphor. I'm into that, you know, personally. Uh-huh, but uh-huh. I mean, but there's glimpses, like hard times. Just oh yeah, incredible song. Um, obviously the title track. The title track is like probably one of his, top 10 songs if I had to rank his top 10 songs. Yeah, you know? and you just said
0: that, you know, when his came out, he was 19. So, I mean, you got a teenager writing something like that, man, which is crazy.
1: I mean, it is. Uh, like, But like I say, there's glimpses of what's to come, but it's, it's just the record's kind of scattered to me. It's not very consistent. And there are several songs that I don't ever really reach for on that one, more so than probably any record of his besides Long Violent History, you know?
0: What do you think? I about agree, that but one? I agree, and I I really wish though he would reissue this on vinyl.
1: Oh, I, I'd buy in a heartbeat.
0: I, yeah. I, I would. I would have that sucker pre-ordered in a in a you know a, a New York minute. I, I would love to have this one because it's the only one of his that that you can't get that we're talking about today that's not on vinyl, uh, and I need it in my collection, man. <laughs> I, I, I
1: I mean, I bought a CD. You know, yeah, I was able yeah. to Grab a CD. I, back I've
0: got day. a CD. Yeah. Uh, And I don't. I think it's uh, the last, the only CD I've bought in the last decade, probably. (laughs) Uh, You mean? Yeah, go ahead,
1: go ahead. I want to hear your thoughts on it.
0: Yeah, well, you mentioned the title track, "Hard Times, Long Hard Road," which is my daughter's personal favorite Tyler Childers song. Uh, If whiskey could talk, uh, is another great song. Uh, And like you said, you know sadly i i didn't listen to this until purgatory i'll be fr- i'll be honest with you i had heard you know songs here and there but I, ha- I hadn't actually sit down and took the time to listen to this entire album until i fell in love with purgatory which obviously we're going to talk about later and you can just see the talent you know as a 19 year old especially in the lyrics which tyler has an amazing voice but i i think as a lyricist he's probably the number one guy out there right him and isabel maybe uh that's, that's writing songs today and for uh for somebody basically still in or right out of high school to sing about and write about some of the things you know like the title track uh a really good man who's a pastor but uh you know has his own personal demons that finally get the best of him. that's crazy man i mean that's some somebody that should have you know be our age that's you know gone through a lot and a little you know gray-headed maybe should be able to sit down and 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 write a song like that not a not somebody in high school man true. god-given talent that's all there is to it
1: but you know like tyler and most people that are going to take the time to listen to this they know his story like even his high school like he wasn't your average high school kid i mean the dude was like like nerding out on Bob Dylan lyrics and reading Jack Kerouac. And I mean, laid back country picker was one of his high school teachers, you yes. know, like, yes. I mean, he, you know, he had, he had, there was something about him even back then where he was, he was digging deeper than most, most young dudes. And I, you can see it on this record. I mean, but it's, it's raw and they recorded it in a buddy's backyard. Uh-huh. And <clears throat> I mean, I'm not saying I dislike it for that reason. I'm just saying it's the rawest of his records, which makes me understand why some people just absolutely eat it up, you know, but you know, it's, it's number four on the, on the list of top six Tyler Childers records. So it's not like it's bad. You know, let me
0: t- let me touch on something you just said about laid back country picker, uh, being a, a, one of his high school teachers, which is David Prince. And then his wife, Luna has a band. His wife, Teresa has a her own band called Luna and the mountain jets. And we'll talk about her when we talk about, you know, another album later, but Tyler's a, one of the reasons why he's such a great dude is that he blew up and he never forgot those folks because he has brought her out to sing with him at Red Rocks uh, recently at Radio City Music Hall. I remember when they were doing that, the live stream album release show uh, for Country Squire in New York. They were like hundreds of thousands of people on YouTube watching that and Layback come out and opened it and done one of his songs, which was Party Line. So I love that about him, man.
1: Yeah. And you see that across his career. I mean, there's like most people that were there in the early days, like he's, he, he doesn't, he doesn't forget those guys. I mean, and his, his influences are so great. Like even like, take somebody like John R. Miller, like Tyler was listening to the prison book club whenever he was younger. And I mean, and John R. has done the same thing. He's gotten the opportunity to open for them and their buddies. And he really does a good job of supporting the people that supported him, you know? Mm
0: Mm-hmm hmm so we've got uh let's do one more and then we'll pause so i can you know play an ad or two and then we'll come back because like i'm sure that the top two we'll talk about a little bit more in length than we have all the other ones i'm gonna go with that number three live on red barn volume one and two the live album and i want to take this opportunity to talk about how great tyler is live and highlight his band the food stamps which actually technically wasn't part of this album i think he was still building i think the actual credit for this album is tyler children's and the high Wall. uh but the food stamps man it just as it's been a pleasure to watch tyler evolve as an artist that band every damn time i see them live or even watch a you know a clip from a concert that they've just did they get better and better man i mean it's insane how great and well old, that band has become over the last three or four years.
1: Oh, man. And like you see him live, and you hear him just jamming, and it's great. And, and we'll get to another record later, but there's a couple tracks on his newest record that he just lets them stretch their so legs. let them the right go. let them yeah. go, and it's like, I listen to those songs as much as any of the others. But Red Barn, I do like Red Barn. I had it number three as well
0: all right well, so we lined up on this one. let's talk about it a little bit uh you know for those who don't know what red barn is it's a little studio here in kentucky and they bring in artists once a week and then and you know record it and release the audio and the video well pretty much for free you that you on if you've got podcasts you can subscribe to the red barn podcast and there's good stuff on there every week i've discovered several new artists there and tyler performed there a couple times and then took those songs and you know, combined them into this album that he released on vinyl and stuff a little bit after Purgatory. But there's a couple of songs that, you mentioned, John R. Miller, and you know he covers one of uh, one of John R.'s songs on here. And some of me and my buddies always debate which one's better, John R.'s or Tyler's. What are you? What what are your thoughts?
1: <laughs> that's tough. That that that's really tough. Um, you know, it, it makes it more difficult because John R.'s done a few different versions of it. You know, yes. Yes. So <clears throat> I don't know. I'm a big John R fan. I love Tyler's take on it, but I'll probably go with the with the original on it. I, I really, I like the old school Prison Book Club version. You know,
0: absolutely. And I, you know, obviously Charleston Girls on her, which is, you know, for the casual <laughs> listener is one of his more popular songs, and I love that song. But man, some of the idiots that hopefully he's been, he's weeded out over the past couple of years, <laughs> as as far as his live show goes, that this sitting. <laughs> or just dog drunk screaming for that one and, and feathered Indians all night, man. I I can't, I, I never go to a show and scream for a song, man. I don't like that. Uh, there's songs I personally would love to hear, but I'm not going to scream out for an artist to, to sing a particular song. Let them go and let them do what they want, man.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's part of the fun. I like not being able to, I mean, I don't want to listen to the radio, I want to listen to the artist, you know?
0: Absolutely. And And whatever
1: he wants to do that night, you know?
0: And obviously for me, the standout track on this and this Follow You to Virgie, I mean, it's just a beautiful, beautiful song based in reality. You know, he had a friend with a core group of friends and they were close to one in particular's grandmother that passed away. And he literally wrote this for the funeral from what I understand. And, you know, if you're from the mountains, you know that whole thing in which if you know one of your buddies mom or dad or 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 papa or grandma die how you rally around each other and are there for that for that particular individual not just you know at the funeral but the days leading up to and after and that song is one one song that always you know gets me emotional when i listen to it especially you know the line where he's talking about how he can see her you know up there cody saying boys be good because my grandma, she said that to me and my cousins and friends when we were growing up and being rowdy. Boy, that exact line a thousand times, boys be good. So it always reminds me of my own grandma that passed away a, a few years back. And I, to, it's one of my probably top five or ten, definitely, Tyler Childers songs, period, which is Follow You to Vergie.
1: Man, this, I agree. Follow You to Virgie." I mean, Dead Man's Curve. There's like this album. Yeah. Is so stacked. I mean, there's like no skips on this thing. The two covers, "Rock Salt and Nails," coming down, awesome. Like now, I do prefer his version of "Rock Salt and Nails" over the OG version.
0: But I mean, I mean, yeah, there's than- been there's been dozens and dozens of people co- uh, cover that song over the years, and for my money, the, the best one I've heard is Tyler's.
1: I agree, um, but I have to say, I remember when this record came out. I just hit play on it. Oh yeah, and I heard, and I heard. You remind me of a Sunday back home in old Kentucky. Oh yeah. The church choir just belt into the pines and <clears throat> shake the frost, man. Like, oh my God. And then you start looking into it and like there's versions of him singing that when he was 16, 17 years old. It just blows my I mean, it just blows my mind that he could do generational. I mean that record whenever it came out it just had me right like i mean the first verse there just like i was all in on on red barn immediately i was just like i don't know what the rest of the record is going to sound like but i know that i'm all over
0: it i agree 100 and i'll before we move on take a real quick break i'm dying for them him and the food stamps to cut another live album together
1: Oh, uh, I would love, I would love to hear. A, a live I, record
0: I, I, I wouldn't mind hands. for it to be like a, like a three disc box set or something, man. You know, like a, of a full concert that he puts on. You know, two and a half hours. I'm here for it, man. I, I, because we, we mentioned just a few minutes ago on how great a band they have become and how they, in concert, they'll just jam on a song sometimes, maybe for seven, eight, nine, ten minutes. I, I need me a live album from uh, Childers and the Food Stamps in the worst kind of way.
1: I would love, like, just give me like a six LP.
0: Box That's what I'm set, saying. Yeah.
1: Both, both Radio City shows. Cause I'm going to yeah, tell right, you, man. You I know, had, yeah, I had buddy sending me videos that were there. And I mean, he had the full orchestra. Like, it was something, it, you know?
0: Yes, yes. So let's take a real quick break. We'll come back with the top two albums and talk, you know, maybe just a little bit of music in general when we're done. Uh, This is That One Show. Jason Potter and I are counting down our favorite Tyler Childers albums. We've got two left, and we'll be right back. Let me talk to you a minute about my good friend, John Thompson, specifically his law office located in Grayson, Kentucky. John has years of experience in all sorts of legal issues and matters, especially divorces, criminal defense, personal injury, and property situations. If you are a resident of Kentucky and you have a legal need in any of those, or any other legal need for that matter, uh, trust me when I tell you John will get the job done. Give him a call at area code 606-475-3174. And I will tell you, this has been a paid advertisement, but I have been recommending John and his legal expertise to people for years, so it's about damn time I got paid for doing it. Once again, if you need help with any legal matter, call John Thompson at 606-475-3174. All right, so we are back. We have just two Tyler Childers albums left to discuss, the two best, at least according to myself and J- Jason Potter. It's your turn, my man. What well, do you got at number two?
1: All right, so just <clears throat> we've got two of his albums left, yes. Um, in process of elimination here, number <laughs> two, I'll go, uh, Can I Take My Hounds to Heaven?
0: Yes, let's talk about um,
1: it. So I love, like, I I understand some people had issues with it specifically like the third disc, you Uh know, Uh but I have to admit like that third disc was kind of everything that I love about Tyler Uh because he's not going to just give people what they want. He's going to do what he wants to do. Uh And I get that it's not everybody's taste, but guess what? There's two other versions for you to listen to. Nobody's like holding the gun to your head, telling you to listen to this if you don't like it, you know? Uh And there's been, you know, certain states of mind where I really dug that third record, you know?
0: <laughs> I hear you, brother. Uh, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Let me touch on the third out, uh, record, because I got to give, you know, a shout-out to Charlie Brown Superstar that pretty much remixed that that version. And, uh, you know, he's a, like a DJ from, from West Virginia. He's really good, so you all should check him out, if that's your thing. But I described, the, I think it's Joyful Noise version, right? That's yes. what we're talking about it, as, as Hillbilly Bonavere. That's as, <laughs> as what I, you know, on, on release day, that's what I said it was. And if I'm in a certain frame of mind, it may very be my favorite of the three versions. But like you said, you got to be in a certain state, <laughs> uh, when, when listening to that one, but <laughs> I'm with you, man, we've touched on this earlier, Tyler could have just wrote, you know, purgatory over and over again and just cashed in check after check. And he took the clout he had earned and said, I'm just doing my own damn thing. Uh here's a triple album and it's three different versions of the same songs. Have at it.
1: <laughs> now, I, 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 th- I thought uh, the rhetoric around the release was really weird. Um mm-hmm. like yeah, that guy from Saving Country Music, and he Man, gave it like I... a four, he gave it like a like a terrible review, but if you read the review it's more about like, oh, you know, he gave us three versions of the same songs and he's charging us all this money. And I'm like, dude, why are you counting my money? Like, why is that even factoring in, into your decision making here? Like, don't worry about the money I'm spending on this damn record. If I didn't want to, I wouldn't do it, you know?
0: I'm with you, pre-ordered that album. I love the album, not just for the, you know, the, the artwork and the production of the vinyl itself is beautiful. Uh, oh,
1: it looks like you like a light. Like it looks like
0: an old hymnal. Exactly, and that was intentional. And I gotta say this, and we're not really going to get into this a whole lot because I don't want this episode to be controversial. But we touched earlier that he's been, you know, I think he's done some stuff to int- intentionally weed out some some certain types of fans. <laughs> and, I would agree. And he's got a cover of you know, uh, old country church on this album, and he put out obviously a video of uh, of two uh, men that were in love two coal miners. And it got a lot of people riled up because they just couldn't stand to see that sort of thing. And I actually saw some guy say he couldn't understand how the man who wrote old country church could do a video like that. So, I mean, <laughs> I guess he thought that Tyler wrote that song. I don't know, but.
1: <laughs> Cause and, that account, that, that account was probably like some bot.
0: You yeah. Know? yeah I mean, yeah
1: it, it's so it's so crazy out there right now i don't know I, I you know i love this record because i don't think it's necessarily a religious record as much as a spiritual one it's
0: not we touched that we we talked about this album a little bit last year on when we done our yeah. top 10 it's i think it's a spiritual album 100 percent. but spirituality and religion are two different things uh you can be spiritual and not necessarily quote unquote be a christian or have any or follow any kind of religion. And I mean, just like, you know, he's talking about it, Hindus, Muslims, Catholics of all kinds, uh, you know, all up and wherever the afterlife is, singing in a choir together, basically. <laughs> I just,
1: it's, it's so weird. It's like just proof that you can't win, man, because, you know, he pisses off like hardcore Christians because he expresses that he's, you know, accepting of people from all over, you know? Exactly. And then people that aren't really like religious say that they, they, they he pisses them off because he made a religious record. And yeah. It's like, you know, it's one of those things. You either get it or you don't, you know. What's your favorite version of all three? Like if you line them up?
0: Second one, I guess. Jubilee. Yeah. And just for the fact that's the one that's got Luna singing on that song, cause the, the first version of that song pretty much just instrumental, right? And she sings yeah, on, yeah. yeah, yeah, and so I, I'd say that that's probably the one I've listened to the most.
1: So I, I love Jubilee, and I would have loved to have been at Radio City and seen it live with the strings and the whole oh, yes. get up. But mm-hmm. I have to say, I, I like the Hallelujah version just because it's it's just it's him and the food stamps and like the food stamps, I they stay they really pop on that version to me, you know. And I've been waiting to hear the food stamps on an actual record for so long that like, oh yeah. Man, that Hallelujah version, just, it, it's a hitter.
0: I can hear you. I hear you. The only thing, uh, you know, a lot of people can complain that he reworked, uh, you know, Purgatory for this album. I didn't mind that at all. I thought it, in the flow of the album, it fits perfectly, especially where he placed it.
1: Well, I thought that also, I mean, I love the original version of Purgatory for different reasons, but... I thought that the lyrics to purgatory are so good. And that I felt like the lyrics to that song in particular, really pop more on this version as opposed to the other one. If that makes mm-hmm. any sense.
0: You yeah. Know? Yeah. And, uh, can I take my Hounds to heaven was one? I'd seen him play live a few times as many as like, you know, five, six, seven years ago. So I'm glad that that one finally got a proper release. Uh, I way mean, the true way, the true and God, uh, you know, angel band God. I mean, this I love this album, man. I'm not gonna lie, and there've been several times where I've sit down and released to the entire thing, and by that I mean all three versions straight through. I'd say I've done that at least half a dozen times since this came out.
1: Yeah, I love, uh, I love "Heart You've Been Tending."
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I and... mean,
1: like he he plays that one live a lot now in his sets, and I mean, like live, it's just killer. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, but I'd say this uh, is just kind of a sleeper pick. I have listened to two coats,
0: probably, yes, yes,
1: probably no less than a hundred times, I mean, just by itself, just just listening to the the food stamps flex a little bit, you know,
0: oh yes, yes, and uh, I know that the weekend it came out obviously the the differences are very apparent on the third version, but I listened back to back to the first version the second one a bunch of times just for myself, like on my headphones, trying to pick out the little subtle differences in them and stuff in the songs. And as a, as a geek, who, you know, a music geek, that was something I loved. Uh, of just playing a song and then going to the next version of it and saying, yeah, I see what he's doing here. He's changing this. He's adding this. I like And I don't, I guess that just shows what a geek I am for music.
1: <laughs> I, I, I do think it's cool. Like <clears throat> I don't, I love him and Sturgill. I love him for different reasons but one thing that I, I will say that Tyler has that nobody else has really had except for Sturgill is just you know he's like oh, we've touched on it he does things you don't really expect you know uh-huh. and he and he doesn't go with the norm he's going to make the record he wants to make and it is what it is and guess what like he's still going to sell out every show and every record's going to fly off the shelf and for every listener that he loses He's gonna gain him, but gain one in their place because he's willing to take those chances. I mean, it's the way this record is, is structured is like so unorthodox. And who else is gonna do that in his position? There's there's nobody, you know. None. Um I, I ate it up, man. I love it.
0: So we wanna get into purgatory. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's it's about that time.
0: Yeah. I mean, to me, when you talk about the whole foundation of this scene. There's two albums that hold up the entire thing. It's modern Sounds and Country Music and Purgatory. Yes. I, I mean, and I don't even think that's up for debate. You can debate which one's better. We're not going to do that here today. But they're 1A and 1B in some order, Put it whatever order you prefer. Purgatory, man, it to me was, I hadn't felt like that of, you know, listening to an album that came out of nowhere for me since modern it gave and i it, go ahead
1: let me ask you this where were you the first time you heard purgatory
0: i was <laughs> i was sitting in my kitchen and it wasn't out yet but they and they hadn't even officially released a, a single off of it but there was a rolling stone article that mentioned it and it was very brief and at the end uh lady maid played and i said jesus christ this this guy i can't wait to listen to this album so the day it dropped uh i had pre-saved it on itunes i went for a morning jog and listened to the whole thing and i was just blown away dude i mean it just it just i hadn't been that blown away by something that was new to me since sturgill you know a few years prior and uh the rest is history i mean that's what you want to talk about. <laughs> That's, I mean, we can break it down song by song. Or <laughs> well, you know, it's just I
1: I I asked that question because it's just one of those records that you never really forget where you were the first time you heard it. You know.
0: Yeah, I remember it's like, the, like a
1: real landmark. You know, yeah, it's a landmark record.
0: You, the first song I heard from it was Lady May. It was like a month before the, the album came out. I listened to it. I listened to it again, and I screamed for Dixie to come down from upstairs. And I said, "You've got to hear this." I said this, I said, we've got a guy from Kentucky here. That's it's going to blow up here in about a month. And did he ever.
1: Yeah. I, uh, <clears throat> I actually got called into work the night that it was released at like 2 AM. Yeah. And, uh, somebody had told me like, Hey, you need to look out for this record. And so when I was leaving my workplace at like three thirty in the morning, the roads were dead, quiet, nobody on the streets. And I, uh, I queued it up for the ride home and just was like in awe immediately. listened to it straight through, still listening to it now, six years later, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And there's so much you can say about it. It's hard. It's hard to even know like where to start. Um, (laughs) We could
0: have done the whole episode on this actually and talked about it for an hour.
1: (laughs) We really could have. I mean, but like you look at the growth, I mean, just so you had, you know, bottles and Bibles. Uh And then it's a long way. It's six years until purgatory. And like during that time, it's not like he's sitting on his ass. Like he's working construction, dudes like landscaping. Oh yeah. No, he's, he's, uh, he's lived his life and you can just see the difference. Like you look at just lyrically, you see the growth over that six years. Like, you know, bottles and Bibles, like we said, is kind of more, it's more literal. The songs are more grounded, <clears throat> then you come to like purgatory and you know will you pray for me when the roots of the yoke in my ribcage, cage you know like it's just Jesus. he uses metaphor and it's <laughs> yeah. so deep and it's like i mean and that's just one line from one song in the entire record i mean i could talk about born again for an hour i mean just
0: love that song i mean top Universal to You uh oh. i want to point out Bandon clovis which i think is one of his more underrated songs like you know, when, when there's any kind of discourse online and people's talking about his best song, that one very rarely gets mentioned. And it's just a damn good murder ballad. And I'm a sucker for a good bur- murder ballad, man. <laughs> I mean,
1: hell, I, I listened to Banded Clovis, man, and it had my ass wanting to go to the nearest creek and start digging, you know?
0: I actually, like just... I, I've, I have probably got around 100 uh, arrowheads because that's Clovis, that's what that's referring to, that my yeah. dad and I have found together over the years. That's something we used to do. Here in Kentucky, there will be certain fields, and they, they have to be on a river. When they turn them for the first time with a tractor and it rains, you can go and walk and find Clovis in them or arrowheads. Wow. And and we have, like, hundreds, man, that we've collected over the years between, between my father and I. So, yeah, I hear you. And Tattoos, you know, obviously Feathered Indians, which may be his most well-known song, just a general listener. Uh, The Opener. I mean, I mean, there's not a, not a, Not only is there not a, you know, a skippable song on this, I don't even think there's a skippable like note on this record.
1: And, and, and it's one of those too, like whenever it dropped, you hit play, whenever I hit play on it, it's so neatly packaged and there's no filler at all. And it's like, you snap your fingers and the record's over with and you're starting the damn thing over again. You know? Have you,
0: have you heard, and I, I'm sure that this, you know, this, there's a story that's been told to me by three or four different people and it's been told a little differently each time, but the gist of it's remained the same. So I'm thinking that some form of this story actually took place about Miles Miller seeing Tyler at a small yes. club in Nashville and then bringing Sturgill back to the next night. And then, it, and then that led to them developing a relationship and then Sturgill helping produce this album. Have you heard that?
1: Yes. And okay. So I know like Miles, saw Tyler brought Sturgill, made sure that Sturgill was there for his next show. Yeah. And then from what I understand, his words to Tyler that night were call me when you're ready. Yeah. And he heard some early demos of purgatory and just thought that the demos didn't do the songs justice. And that's when they started working on it together. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, it's one of those things too. There's, there's production choices that like some real Tyler purists might not like. I've heard, I've heard some pretty good arguments actually, you know, like, valid stuff. But I mean, not knowing the original versions of these songs, like if you weren't there in like a a bar with 30 people, this is, it's perfection to me. I mean, there's a reason why everybody in the world is looking for the next Tyler
0: Childers. I mean, how many people have been called that over the last six years?
1: (laughs) I mean, you know, but I'll tell you what's funny about that is you hear it and you laugh at it, but every once in a while you hear it, and you're like, Hey man, Maybe. But it's never going to happen because there's not no, going to be not. another
0: one. No. You know? Oh, no. Not going to happen. Uh, what? But, do you have a favorite song on here? Oh, Lord. Or do man. you go back and um, forth like I do between, between all of them, whatever mood <clears throat> you're in that day?
1: No. um, I probably, if I had to pick one, it would probably be Tattoos. Yeah. I mean if I had to I mean just lyrically it's it is freaking bonkers man you listen to that song you just you just pull up the lyrics and just look at it, you're like good lord like how did he piece this together and it works <laughs> so well I mean I wonder how long he I would love to ask him just how long it took him to write that um every every verse I mean you can't even I can't even single it down to a single verse because top to bottom it's just crazy I mean it, it, it's it's so weird. The record's so damn good, man. It's it's really easy to get kind of speechless over the damn thing, even six years later. Trying to talk about it,
0: you it's know? Fre- it's as fresh today too on the ten thousandth listen as it was that you know that very first morning I heard it too. Some albums I mean, don't it, age well. Like I like personally, I'll hear an album and I'll fall in love with it, but I'm 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 so and I, I hate this about myself, but sometimes on each particular listen, I start. Now, I'm not looking for it, but I start finding stuff about it that I don't particularly like. And, you know, my personal view of the album will actually go down this time, but that has not happened with Purgatory at all. I could throw it on right now and just be in heaven.
1: But, I mean, I don't know. Have you ever met anybody that just didn't like it? Didn't like Purgatory? Nope. See, And I feel like, and and really, I feel like pretty much any Tyler fan that's going to sit here and try to say that Purgatory is not the best, one of the best records of the last 50 years. They're just trying too hard, man. You know, it's, it doesn't have to be that complicated. The record is what it is. It's it's something that, like I said, it's going to resonate now. It's going to resonate 10 years from now, 30 years from now.
0: I, I'll go as far as this, you know, of the albums of this era. And by that, I mean, you know, in the la- of the last 10 years, because I think this is the 10th anniversary of High Top Mountain. Sturgill's debut solo album right a hundred years from now when you and I are dead <laughs> very few of them will still be talked about and listened to and this is one of them there's no doubt
1: and, and you know and everything <clears throat> the entire package man the the cover art mm-hmm. it's in the shape of Lawrence County yep. you know where he, yeah, he's yes home County you know the the color is like it's like an agate You know, I mean, there's so many pieces of just his whole life put into that top to bottom from the packaging straight on down. I'll tell you what interests me a lot is like, from what I understand, I'm sure you've heard the same thing. Like they actually he actually recorded, I think, twice. So there's other versions of these songs out there that before he and Sergio got together, he laid down in studio
0: mm-hmm. and
1: i would love i would love to hear how those songs changed you yeah know, just i really to, would
0: just to hear the evolution of them absolutely because yeah, uh, i bet you
1: it would be just a super fun listen you know
0: yeah i'll say uh i got two quick stories about tyler before we before we close up today that i have to mention my niece graduated high school this year and she loves this album and for her graduation present, because she was moving to college and going to have her own dorm room, I bought her this album on vinyl on a turntable. I had to, I had to help spread the gospel of vinyl to her, and she loved nice. it. And has since gotten a few other albums on her own, which makes me so happy. And another one is we mentioned laid back country picker and Tyler actually, you know he has his own record label Hickman Hollow uh, Hollow Records, and he's put out a couple of laid back albums on it on vinyl, and one of them was Kingsport, and I remember they. They to just sell it and have y'all done have you ever watched the laid back makes a deal where tyler dresses up like a guy called like shady Boggs? yeah <laughs> well in character him and laid back if you pre-ordered that album done a thing live on facebook called uh goat bingo in which they just literally wrote everybody's name down and the first person who had a goat poop on their name was going to win like a free pizza <laughs> and i won <laughs> so to hear tyler announce brian combs Ask Shady Boggs live on Facebook that a goat had pooped on my name. It was just a surreal moment in my life.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I no, I I, um obviously like I'm I'm really into the vinyl record game. And I can Uh, say without a doubt, probably like the most treasured record that I have is I have a test pressing of Purgatory.
0: I know yeah I was, yeah yeah you sent me a picture of that i I don't get jealous a lot but yeah I
1: mean hell so, sometimes i just I just take the damn thing out and look at it, you know <laughs> <It's> crazy, <laughs> but it's so, one of those like no matter what happens, that one's staying in the family,
0: yeah, yes, absolutely, absolutely, so let's before you go, man number one, thank you for being on again. love having you as a guest uh let's just love talking music with you man like we could, I could talk for hours. Um, you know
1: well thank you for having me man
0: absolutely and you'll be back on in december to, to pick our 10 favorite albums of the year but just real quick give me like maybe one or two albums that you've really loved that's come out this year and give me one or two that you're really looking forward to that hasn't come out yet that's been announced
1: well uh, i mean you could go <clears throat> with really obvious choices so you could like dig just a little bit you know um i think it's really hard to deny how good Jason Isbell's new record is. Mm-hmm. Um, weather Vanes, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's the dude just never lets you down, but we don't have to spend a lot of time there. Cause that's going to be on everybody's damn list. Absolutely. Um, I'll, say, I'll say one record that really caught me off guard. And uh, I've been just trying to tell all my friends to listen is the um, JD Clayton's debut record, man, long way from home. It's just laid back. It's incredible. I mean, just from the first song on, I really feel like that's going to be a classic album one day. It's just I can't quit it. I've listened to that record two hundred. I mean, just nonstop all summer. Just check that out, JD Clayton, "Long Way from Home." And then if I, if I had to choose one, I'm looking forward to. Um, got it. There's so many because we've been really spoiled in 2023, man. But oh yeah, but Brent Cobb's new record, mm. Southern Star. Yes. I just, I, I'm a huge Brent Cobb fan, and um, I just, I, I have been told that this is the best record he's ever made. That's saying a lot. Two, Yeah, and <laughs> in the, in the in the first the first two singles are they line up with with that thinking, and I'm just August, I believe it comes out uh, September 22nd, and I will be. That's one of those that I'll stay up until midnight. I'll stay up until midnight to hear that one.
0: You know, just think about what's coming out in the next few weeks. That one, you know, with Tyler's new one, obviously. Turnpike's comeback album. Uh Zach Bryan just announced another uh, album coming out the same day as Turnpike. Which one will you listen to first? I'm gonna listen to Turnpikes first myself.
1: I'll listen to Turnpikes first.
0: Yeah. Uh, listen, I
1: mean, and that's not a slight, you know. I mean, Zach no, Bryan all. he he's got some he's got some good songs. I think that he's he's a good artist, but I mean it's Turnpike, man. I, I'm a sucker <laughs> for Turnpike.
0: Uh I I wanna mention two. My favorite album so far is uh Bully, Lucky For You, uh, which just is a fantastic rock and roll record. The second one is actually not a, a full-length album. It's an EP. It's the debut EP of a new band from Lexington called Movie Jail. It's self-titled. Uh, I was browsing around uh, a, a record store over the summer, and they have a local section of 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 you know of Kentucky artists, and I just bought it on a whim and fell in love with it. There's only five songs on it. Highly recommend that one. It's just movie jail self-titled. It's on all streaming formats. If you want to get on there and spend twenty minutes with it, I'm really looking forward to what those dudes are going to do down the line. Uh, as far as I need ones, to check that
1: one out, yeah, I movie need to check jail that self-titled,
0: one out. yeah. It's not necessarily country or Americana. It's really hard to describe what it is, uh, and it may not be everybody's cup of tea, but I dig it. Uh, well, you, you know, you, it, if, let me ask if you this: gonna... do, do you listen to Dolls at all? Yes. If you, if you like Dolls, you will love Movie Jail. That's, not, that's the best way I can describe it.
1: I'll tell you, I mean, if you want to go outside the country sphere, um, Cutler Station, they're from Up Your Way as well. Yes. And they put out an incredible record. It's, mm-hmm. it's got a weird Appalachian indie rock vibe. It's, I think it's kind of comparable to, to Wayne Graham, I guess, if you had to yeah. pick one comp. Um, I want to build the new machine. I mean, <clears throat> not a lot of people know about those guys. From what I understand, they're just like – working jobs, making music for, for fun, but it's got a Appalachian indie rock vibe that I just, I can't get enough of. You know, it's not everybody's cup of tea, but it sure as hell's mine, you know?
0: Absolutely, brother. Uh, I, I actually, but, you know, I used to listen to Metallica a lot back in the day, and they they really hadn't had an album in probably 15 years that I really dug, but they new 172 seasons I really like, and have went back and listened to it several times. It's probably my, really? my favorite. Yeah, so... If you like metallic at all, I think you. you should, and you've not listened to that yet. I would. I would recommend that. Uh, Boy Genius, uh, their album's called The Record. It's good.
1: Uh, well, I'm a big. I'm a big. I like Phoebe Bridgers. Oh yeah. So I mean, I'm I'm in on Boy Genius as well. That record's really good. Like I, I enjoyed that one a lot. Um, she doesn't really miss to me, man. You know, anything she puts her hands on, I can. I feel like I can pretty much trust it
0: absolutely and she kept she called all kinds of shit online because she smashed her guitar on snl I, and like I didn't, know, I didn't understand what people had a problem with that do you remember that
1: i remember it but i mean i i didn't i didn't pay too much attention because hell i've watched a hundred people <laughs> smash guitars on snl you know Yeah, i
0: mean sturgill threw his down on there when he when he was on snl he slammed his guitar down at the end i mean it is well, what sturgill it is
1: pretty much Serge pretty much lit the damn stage on fire. Yeah, you know? they
0: probably they probably had to build a new studio after he got done. I think the stage <laughs> yeah. was out there with him, too, for one of the songs. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> new York City didn't know what was hitting them that night. None of us did. <laughs> I think that's the best SNL performance, music performance ever, man. I don't know that I'm biased, but, I mean, come on.
1: To close it with a call to arms yeah, and just smash it up that way? Come on, man. Yeah, <laughs> I've rewatched it like probably like a couple times a year. I'll just pull Absolutely. that shit up on YouTube and just go with it, you know.
0: Yeah. Uh, and for those that like him, you know, Wheeler Walker's got another album coming out. <laughs> if he's your, you know, if he's your, if he's your thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't hate Wheeler Walker, but um, I, I just I, there's too much music. I don't really reach for for his stuff, you know.
0: I'll say this: I don't hate him. I've I've laughed at some of his stuff. Had he come out when I was like, you know, 15 or 16, I would have oh. been all, all over that shit.
1: <laughs> yeah. It would have been like, I mean, we're we're about the same age. You remember like being a kid and those
0: Andrew Dice Clay? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, it it would have it
1: would have hit me like that whenever I was a kid. I would have been all over it.
0: Just to, just to get my mom mad, probably more so than anything. You don't need to be yeah. listening to that. <laughs> <What> that garbage. <laughs> All right, man. It's been a blast. Uh, it's been uh, Jason Potter making his return appearance. He'll be back in December. To talk more music of 2023 with me. Thanks for coming out today, brother, and joining the show to talk about Tyler.
1: Well, thanks again for having me. It was a blast. I look forward to, to pissing people off with our top 10 list in December.
0: Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. All right, buddy. And that pretty much wraps up the season four premiere of that one show. Thanks again to my guest, Jason Potter, for coming on and talking about and ranking Tyler Chiller's albums with me over the past hour. Next week, Dixie Combs will be making her return to that one show, and her and I will be discussing and ranking our 10 favorite breakup songs of all time. In the meantime, we'll let the man himself, the subject of today's show, the one and only Tyler Chutters, play us out. Y'all take care, and we'll see you next week. I only had a couple drinks last night and a few good hits from an alum